Hello, and welcome to the Beyond Borders podcast, the podcast that explores topics related to international trade. This podcast is brought to you by Buckland. For over 70 years, Buckland has been working to help companies across the world experience global trade in a better way. As a customer-focused company, we provide you with a single source of unmatched customs brokerage, trade-managed solutions, freight forwarding, trade technologies, and warehousing and distribution services. I'm your host, Jenny Kaus, Marketing Coordinator at Buckland, and today I am speaking with our guest, Chris Borganis. Chris is the Supervisor for Classification in our Compliance Services Office in Southfield, Michigan, and he's been with Buckland for more than three years. Chris is a licensed customs broker and holds his Certified Customs Specialist designation. Chris focuses on classification and specializes in OEM automotive, aftermarket machinery, and testing apparatuses. Welcome back to the podcast, Chris. Hi, Jenny. It's a pleasure to be back. Chris, you and I spoke a while back on a Beyond Borders podcast that was released on May 23rd, 2018 regarding steel and aluminum tariffs. Now that we're at the end of the summer, in what has been a very eventful year for trade, I think it's a great time to follow up on that conversation. Yeah, I, I totally agree. A lot has transpired since we last spoke. So let's recap about what it was for maybe those who haven't listened to that episode of the podcast. Okay, last time we spoke, we discussed Section 232, which were the aluminum and steel tariffs that were levied by the United States. These tariffs were levied on multiple HS codes for steel and aluminum imports, and there were some exclusions in place for countries like Argentina, Australia, Brazil, South Korea, as well as some other allies like the NAFTA countries. There were temporary exclusions put in place, but most of these have expired since we last spoke. Uh, In addition, we also talked about Section 301 of the Trade Act of 1974, which provided authority to retaliate or take uh, discriminatory actions uh, that, against countries that harm U.S. exporters. Uh, this specifically related to intellectual property rights in China. Both of these levies and tariffs were directly or indirectly aimed at China. 301 questioned China's treatment of intellectual property rights, and 232 questioned the steel and aluminum supply coming from China and the transshipments through other nations. Great. Thank you so much for that recap. I know when we were talking about that, there was so much happening and, and it was such a time to really be watching the news. So um, I'm wondering if kind of generally speaking, what are the events that have taken place since we last talked in May? Because what a summer it's been. Yeah, it's, it's been a crazy time for the international trade community. Sure. In general, on both fronts, we've you know, seen a, a steady escalation on both the steel and aluminum tariffs, as well as the Section 301 tariffs with China. So with the steel and aluminum tariffs, what does an escalation look like? Are there additional tariff codes included, or how has this progressed? Yeah. Well, well first off, since we last talked, there's been some specific measures taking place. Uh, like I mentioned, you know, the temporary exclusions for NAFTA Um, countries, which is Canada and Mexico, have expired. Uh, But the U.S. has also kind of taken some direct actions against countries like Turkey, where the tariff rates were doubled. Um, So instead of a 10% aluminum tariff and a 25% steel tariff, 
the rates in effect are now 20 and 50% respectively um, due to some US repercussions once Turkey imprisoned an American pastor. Um, but mainly we've seen you know, escalation in the form of retaliatory responses, especially in relation to many of the US's closest allies. Right. So I remember following that one, the Turkey one closely, and um, I'm just wondering which allies have retaliated against the United States at this point? Yeah. So, so the most important ones would be the European Union, Canada, uh, and Mexico, which have all you know, enacted some retaliatory tariffs to varying degrees. Um, the other thing that's interesting is where the U.S.'s original tariffs were only on specific steel and aluminum codes, their retaliatory actions have crossed into other areas and other you know, tariff codes. Okay. So is this where the tariffs on bourbon, motorcycles, and blue jeans that we discussed last time come into play? Exactly. Yeah. No, those are the, the, some of the tariffs that the EU has retaliated against the U.S. with. Uh, and Mexico and Canada have also put in place, you know, their own countermeasures um, that, that include other tariffs. As an example, Canada has included food and household goods on, on their retaliatory effects. So beyond retaliation and escalation, um, has anything else happened with the steel and aluminum tariffs? Yes. Uh, one, one good note for many importers is that the U.S. has released since we last talked, a process for filing for exclusions from the Section 232 tariffs. Uh, this allows importers to apply on specific products and specific HS codes uh, to make those specific products no longer included in these duty measures, um, if approved. Great. That's great news. Do you mind if I transition into the Section 301 measures taken against China? And, no, no. Okay. I'm yeah. wondering how this has escalated since we last spoke. I know I've seen it a bit in the news, but I'm wondering if this is something that you might be able to, uh, to tell me a bit more about. Yeah. So when we last spoke in May, uh, the 301 measures against China had not yet gone into effect. The main change is that both List 1 and List 2 are now active, meaning that any item imported from China into the U.S., even if there's a transshipment, um, if they're brought in under those specific tariff codes, they are now being brought in under these increased duty rates. Wow. Can you explain a little bit more about what you mean by list one and list two, please? Of course. Um, so list one, list two, and list three all have to do with the timeline of how these events have transgressed. So when the U.S. first released their countermeasures under Section 301, they released a list of tariffs that would be covered. The first list was known as List 1, um, which chronologically makes a lot of sense. Upon the release of List 1, China issued their own retaliatory tariffs that, that follow along the lines of what we were talking about a second ago with the EU, Canada, and Mexico. And once China released these, uh, the U.S. has you know, issued another set of tariffs, which is now List 2, um, and the cycle began, uh, and it's escalated to where we are today. Wow, so how many lists are there today? So currently there are three lists in total. List one and list two are active, and the third list is in the process of being discussed and deployed through congressional hearings, et cetera. One thing is that as each additional list is released, the products covered under these, these uh, 301 actions grow substantially. 
at this point, if an industry partakes in any trade with China or common trade with China, they are almost guaranteed to be affected to some degree by list one, two, or three. Yeah, I would think so. So you mentioned continual escalation on both sides and as well increasing scope. Is there, is there any end in sight to this? That's a tough question, Jenny. Uh, in general, I would say there's probably no immediate ending in sight. In terms of you know progress, uh, low U.S. and Chinese officials did meet uh, late in August last month for the first time in a couple months to discuss solutions. And was there any progress made? It does not appear so. Uh, it appears that neither side considered the meeting a success, which did not strike many in the international trade community as surprising at all. Uh, you know, for one thing, these talks only included low-level diplomats. And additionally, before the meetings took place, neither side indicated that they intended to soften their position. And the result was that neither softened their position. So not much progress was made. Yeah. Okay. So is there any good news? <laughs> you know, the, the good news, I guess, if the silver lining would be that like the steel and aluminum tariffs under Section 232, uh, the U.S. has released a process on how to file for an exclusion from Section 301. Is that what you would recommend that companies do? Most companies will ultimately need to apply for an exclusion, likely. But that is not the first step that I would take uh, if I were an importer myself. Oh, okay. That's kind of surprising to hear. What would you recommend? Well, firstly, I would recommend that companies get in touch with compliance experts like Buckland. Exclusion requests may ultimately be necessary, like I was saying. But... I think the smartest and most prudent step for companies to do is to, to first attempt to engage in tariff engineering for their products. What do you mean by tariff engineering? I thought there were specific rules on how to classify items in the harmonized tariff system. You are exactly right, Jenny. There are some very, very specific rules on how to, to proceed with classifying items. However, it is perfectly legal for companies to, to logically ship or to make changes in in order to adjust or lower or change the tariff codes of their items, uh, oh, as I long see. as they do it in, in certain formats. I see. Okay. So do you have an example of what this would be? Yeah, this could take, take many forms. Uh, off the top of my head, I think one of the most you know, common examples would be a split system AC unit. Uh, so a split system AC unit has Two, two portions. There's an indoor portion that's you know, within the room or within the wall of the building that you're in, and then there's an outdoor portion uh, which sits on the roof or outside. When you know, both the indoor and the outdoor unit are shipped together, uh, these items should be classified as 841510, which falls under list three of uh, section 301, if I'm not mistaken. However, if you take the indoor-outdoor unit and ship them separately, each half would fall under 841590. Uh, 841590 has a lower tariff code than 841510. And also 841590 is definitely not included in the Section 301 tariffs, uh, meaning that you know, not only would you save on the duty of each you know, half of the item, but you also would not be subject to the 301 at this time. Wow, that's a really interesting example, and I can only imagine there's many such examples out there. Um, if a listener has a question on how this relates to their products, is this something that Buckland can help with? Absolutely. Uh, 
any listeners should feel free to reach out to Buckland at a CSA group at buckland.com. Uh, you know, with that, with a, their you know, their information and, and a little bit background of, of what they're attempting to do, we can review their commodities with them. And, you know, if we are unsuccessful in, in the tariff engineering that I was talking about before, we can even help facilitate their exclusion requests. Uh, there is, I guess, one warning that I would like to give with this, uh, especially for items covered under list one of section 301, uh, there's a, a very quickly approaching timeline for exclusion requests which is the end of the day on October 9th. Uh, so if you have an item covered by list one, I would recommend reaching out sooner rather than later. Yeah, that's really good to know. And if all else fails and an exclusion request is denied, what could be done then? If that's the case, uh, I think listeners should still reach out to our team. Uh, we can talk with them through their products and see if they're potentially eligible for drawback. While currently articles of steel and aluminum are not eligible for drawback, we do anticipate that changing at a future date uh, due to some court cases going on. Uh, but beyond that, the Section 301 items are eligible for drawback at this time, and we are ready and able to assist. Well, that's great to know, and it's, uh, it's certainly good to know that that's something that um, people aren't alone with. It's something that they can get help, and, uh, and I certainly welcome people to reach out to us, like you mentioned, at CSA group at buckland.com. Um, you know, these are these are very interesting times we're in and I know a lot of people are kind of unsure. So I thank you so much. And can you maybe elaborate what, you know, put, look into your crystal ball. What do you think is coming in the future? Yeah. So I, I think the, the future is definitely going to be a little bit turbulent still for the next year at, at a minimum. Um, there's quite a bit on the horizon. So the first thing that that's you know really important to many importers on the horizon is there's actually a, another section 232 investigation that's currently going on right now um, so the investigation is into automotive automobiles um, and so originally it was looking like that investigation would be completed before the midterm elections in november uh, right now it's, it's not looking like that's going to be the case but this, this investigation must conclude by February at the latest. So by the time February comes out, there could be additional Section 232 tariffs going into place. Additionally, uh, you know, if you look at the news right now, there's a lot going back and forth on NAFTA renegotiation. Uh, or even a couple of weeks ago, there was some talk about an EU trade agreement. Uh, these are important as they could help negate some of the 232 tariffs in place for these countries. Uh, it could be linked to a permanent exclusions for these these allies of of the U.S.'s. The only other thing I would say that is probably the scariest for most importers that import from China is that you know we're waiting to see if a list four comes out in in regard to the section three hundred one tariffs. Uh, there's been you know some talks and whisperings that list four is coming out and is on the horizon, and uh, what will list four include? Uh, will it include the rest of the tariff codes or will it include other specific headings? So we'll yeah. see. Wow. Yeah, I thought I almost heard you wrong for a minute there when you said list four. I was surprised there's yet another one to come. Yeah, sadly, that's that's the discussion that's circulating. And uh, it, it looks like that list four will be extensive, you know, if or when released. Uh, wow. That being said, when it is released, there, there is a chance for comment, uh, you know, before the measures go into effect. Uh, that's currently what list three is in right now. So list three is, you know, currently going through the congressional review where companies are able to speak on it, et cetera. 
Uh, so, you know, I would encourage companies to step up before list four is enacted if it is released. Wow. We're certainly going to have to stay tuned. And and I would welcome listeners to sign up for the Buckland newsletter as well. That's a great way to kind of keep on top of this. We make sure that all our customers are aware of what's happening uh, as well through our Twitter or LinkedIn pages. Chris, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today about this topic that is just so interesting right now. Thanks for having me, Jenny. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and I'm glad that we uh, got the chance to have a follow-up conversation, and and I suspect there will be another follow-up to the follow-up with uh, as much as things are changing. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we can deliver some better news next time, but but we'll be back all the same. Absolutely. Thanks so much. That's the Beyond Borders podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much to our guest, Chris Borganis, for joining us and for sharing his expertise. If you're looking for more resources related to international trade, please check out buckland.com and click on the learning section across the top of the website. Here you'll find a wide range of resources, including printable learning guides, webinars, and podcasts. Our downloadable learning guides include IncoTerms charts, NAFTA contingency planning checklists, common trade terminology, and many, many more. We also host live monthly webinars, and we invite you to sign up online to secure your spot for an informative presentation followed by a Q&A session. The best way to keep up to date on all of these resources is through our weekly newsletter. We send out a weekly newsletter every single Wednesday containing our latest resources, as well as a roundup of the latest trade news delivered right to your inbox. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us through our website's contact us page, through Twitter, where our handle is at Buckland Tweets, or on our LinkedIn company page under Buckland. Thank you so much for listening to the Beyond Borders podcast and be sure to tune in again and subscribe for more great conversations about importing, exporting, and everything else in the world of logistics and international trade.